welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Huting, back with Christian and Jamie. Let it rain goals. Oh, my word. <laughs> How about them Galaxy, huh? Yeah, it, it's weird. It, we actually might be a decent team. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, after so much doom and gloom, it almost feels weird to be so happy two games in a row, you know? <laughs> Were we ever really doom and gloom on this pod? Well, I mean, I never was, but, you know, there might be other people. I've, I've come close a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I still, you know, that's actually was my pitch to some uh, people who, who haven't heard us yet. I go, hey, you know, other than we have the only women in the podcasting world uh, for LA Galaxy, we also um, are the most full of faith and optimism. So please listen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously we are discussing this 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 4-1 win and and i think you know it, it just to quickly kind of begin our our conversation about this against against austin because i know we have a, a long international break ahead of us i mean if i'm austin right now i look at this game and i i feel i'm lucky not to leave la down 7-1 i mean the galaxy in that second half were electric but i mean it, it's the obviously and we'll come onto a couple of these these nuclear concepts of you know dan jovalich and, and kind of his role in this whole entire thing and you know, what to look for as we move forward. But man, in that second half, I mean, they were irresistible in the attack. And that's kind of what I think a lot of us have been clamoring for. And I know Vanny talked about in midweek against LAFC, he talked about how that was like the what was the most complete performance he's had in two years, I believe was the quote or something along those lines. But if I, I think maybe this was a little bit more of a complete performance because I, again, I point to this concept of at any given point, the, the game state didn't make me feel like the Galaxy were out of control. Like, you you watch this game, and, and Diego Fagunda scores, quite frankly, a fantastic goal. And it just never felt like, like, it felt like, oh, okay, Houston, or uh, Houston, excuse me. We've played too many Texas teams. Um, I felt like Austin was just like, okay, they scored a goal. What a, that's fine. We're, we're going to be fine. And I think that speaks to something about this team where, there is an incredible nucleus of attacking talent in this team that can just absolutely turn it on at any given moment. I didn't have the same reaction that you did. Um, you know, I've always contested that LAFC, um, you know, Traffico matches that we face it, you know, it's not really exactly which team is going to show up, uh, you know, especially when that's like a U.S. Open Cup game and everything. So when Austin went up one, I was like, Oh no, here we go again. I really like sank a little bit. Um, but obviously that comeback. Yeah. You know, I no longer cared that this wasn't a clean sheet. I mean, what a comeback and what a game for Jovalich. I think, you know, one of the big difference makers in the game is, um, that they didn't, put their heads down after getting scored on a lot of times, you know, playing from behind, they just don't have that, that energy and that fight left in them, even if it is just one goal. And in this game, it never felt like they were out of it. I mean, they were never out of it. Obviously it's four one, but, but in the beginning when they get scored on, like it's easy to get out of the game uh, mentally. And they just, they never did. They fought hard. They kept their heads in it. And uh, you know, we saw we saw some as I as I've been missing some sexy soccer. Yeah, I, I think you know what's an interesting point because we've had what is it 
outside of the Open Cup game, which I know, as, as Michelle rightly is saying, is a bit of an anomaly because it is El Trafico, and El Trafico is always going to be an anomaly in a season. The Galaxy have played from behind in, I'd say, the last three games, right? Because obviously the Dallas and Houston games, they, they went down a goal and then couldn't rally themselves to figure it out. And I think in this game, what was fascinating is, and, and I think what is a very interesting conversation is, how does this offense work? And it's clear that maybe Vanny's system does not fit this player pool because the minute they go to, into the 4-4-2 with, with Jovalic and Chicharito up top, I mean, you look at the expected goals race map and, and Matt Doyle made a very good point of this in his weekly column. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a vertical line. I mean, like the Galaxy just looked so much more engaging and aggressive in terms of how they moved the ball and how they used the ball. And I think the other thing about it is this is a team that doesn't like possession. And I know Vanny in his style and his system loves to use possession. Possession is the most important thing. But if you look at the two games they've played over the past couple of weeks, you know, the, the LAFC game and then this game, they seeded possession. They lost the possession battle in both those games. And yet I'd argue the Galaxy looked so much more comfortable in both those games. They just looked a lot better. I mean, using Kevin Cabral on the outside and Kevin Cabral had a fantastic game here, you know, to, to unseat defenses, Grand Sierra and Cabral running at a, at a back line that has been leveraged into comfortable positions because they held possession and then using the ball quickly to spring the counter, it almost feels like that's the galaxy right now. And it almost feels like Vanny, and I was, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and, and Carlo Ancelotti, uh, the head coach for Real Madrid, made a very good point where he said, I learned at a very young age in my managerial career that my system doesn't matter. What matters is the talent pool that I have and creating a system that allows them to be successful. And I almost feel that that applies to the galaxy right now in the sense that Vanny loves the 4-2-3-1. We've seen it over and over again. Maybe it's time and maybe there's something to be said for the rust bucket 4-4-2, right? Like maybe, you know, because it's clear. And I think the month of May, and again, you know, we're kind of talking about these meta concepts because we have, what, 20 days until the next game or something like that. Uh, so we, we don't have anything to preview. We have a lot of stuff to review. I think maybe, you know, Jovalic in the month of May proved to us that he has to be on the field maybe going to the 4-4-2 gets him on the field a little bit more consistently. The question is, is Vanny going to be malleable enough, is the word I'll use, to look at the situation and say, yeah, actually, I'm willing to leave my tactical dogmatism for this. You know, when you're talking about um, what we've been talking about, and everybody's been calling for Yobelich to start, and, you know, I wondered about that. And, and honestly, it's just that Jovalich just not what he was brought in to do. That's not what he's, you know, um, paid to do is what, is what I'm thinking. Um, it was really great to see how finally a Jovalich and Chicharito pairing worked, um, you know. But when you have so many other uh, players that we're used to seeing starting, um, I mean, of course, Jovalich de- deserves to start. After this, I'm just not sure that that's that's what he was hired to do. Well, I mean, uh, originally, sorry. originally, no, he was hired as as a backup striker, especially with um, with Chicha's uh, injury history. But just because you're hired for one thing doesn't mean you can't prove that you uh, are useful for more than just that. And I think that, um, like Christian said, this month he's definitely proved that he's useful 
uh, mm-hmm. as more than just a backup striker, as more than somebody who gets garbage minutes the last 10, 15 minutes of a game, just trying to run it out. I think, you know, in this time with the window coming up and everything, you know, Vanny's talked about needing a CDM and we know we need a cam. We know we need a cam who isn't in his mid to late thirties and can't play a 90 minute game, but maybe also we need another striker so that we can play both of them. And there is still a sub available. I think Jamie and I share a shame, same brain, excuse me, because that's kind of where my brain was going, which was, well, it wouldn't hurt if they brought in another striker. Like it, it would make a lot of sense. And they did kind of leverage a lot on, on Jovalich. If you look at, you know, when they brought him in, Eintracht Frankfurt, who just won the Europa League. I mean, he comes from good pedigree. It's not like he's coming from, you know, like a fourth division side in Albania or something. Like he's he's got good <laughs> bones. Um, I, I think it's interesting. And, and I think Vaney's going to have a lot of questions over the next, you know, 15, 20 days, however long it is, uh, to to answer a couple of things here. I think Vaney's finally starting to get the best out of Cabral. And I think these two games, we've seen that. Um, I, I, I'm beginning to move away from the position that I need Cabral to be a 10 goal, 10 assist kind of guy. I think he just needs to be a facilitator. I don't think he needs to be a goal scorer. Um, it's clear that he, you know, that's a little bit more where he's comfortable. Uh, Grand Seer, fantastic in this game uh, for the, what was it, 56 minutes that he was on. And then, you know, uh, Jovalich kind of finishes the job. I mean, Jovalich's assist on Efrain Alvarez's goal in stoppage time. I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> a bicycle kick, you know, assist. that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, it's, it's really a show. And the, and the, the stats do say, you know, that um, it marked the first time a galaxy player had four goal con- contributions in a match since Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And what, what, a yeah, Zlatan-esque way to, to get the assist. And then also for Efrain, um, he needed that. He needed that goal. You know, he's really struggled lately. We've all had way higher expectations. And, you know, for the level of play and, and that they're at, you just you really want to see Efrain getting in there. And, and he finally did. I mean, this was another complete game, as you were saying. We got to see Araujo give a great cross. We got to see Chicharito score. I mean, this was this was the, the second best game that you could ask for the first one being of course against um lafc but you know this one this one counts on our on our table yeah and and what i would also add is i think you know the galaxy proved that you know this we, we, we've talked a lot about on this podcast etc about how the fact that the galaxy are a kind of a weird amorphous blob that is learning towards a bigger vision this was what they can be. And against LAFC in that second half as well, this is what they can be. And I think, obviously, it's not going to happen every week, right? Like, we, we know how soccer teams work. Form is a thing. You know, players get cold. It happens. But I think, it, it, I mean, we only need, what, them to play like this 11 more times this season, 12 more times this season as we get close to the halfway point. And they're in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, we're starting to talk about, well, if they can repeat this like four times in a row then, you know, maybe we're talking about it. But I do think this is a very good, um, a very good kind of like point in the season where Vanny points to this and says, this is what you can be. Go out there and be that. Now, there are some moving parts here. Obviously, you know, Sega Koulibaly had injured. Um, Dovish Costa out injured. How they come back in, that's going to matter. Um, 
but I, I do think there's some, I think this is like, it's just so good to see, what is it? 180 minutes of soccer where this is clearly the, the full realization of what the galaxy can be. And it makes me so excited to watch the galaxy. And then he kind of alluded to this, where he said something along the lines of breaks are good and breaks are bad because you know, this, this, you, you want to keep the momentum going. And I think the international break falls at a kind of a rough time for the galaxy. Cause if you think of the 180 minutes they've played, I mean, you want to see that all the time. Now they're going to have to refine it after the international break. I think that's a question I have, but I mean, based on the evidence of 180 minutes, I, I have no complaints with Vandy right now. Yeah. And you know, what you said about not having some in a preview, I think we do. So the, the galaxy, you know, have this, well, MLS has this international break. Um, you know, of course that I am a little concerned that it is going to like ruin the momentum, right? You have these like back-to-back games where the galaxy play phenomenal, but hopefully the rest can do some good for the majority of the team. Obviously five LA galaxy players are called up uh, to international duty and then they have to face Portland, which Portland hasn't been playing as well as um, I think in, in their times past. And so, uh, you know, again, another winnable game for the Galaxy, but also another challenging one. I mean, Portland isn't going to come in and, and make it easy for the Galaxy. I mean, every game Portland plays, they want to make it into a bar fight. Like that is, that is the ethos of what they do. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a different vibe for the Galaxy because I think you look at, and, and I, I kind of referenced this when we talked about the Houston game and Houston lost. You look at a team in, in Portland that's more than comfortable to not have possession, that's more than comfortable to not be particularly expansive, but is more than happy to let you use the ball against them and then in moments of transition beat you, you know, through Sebastian Blanco or, or, or Mora or, you know, whoever else you want to name. And I think that's going to, that's where the galaxy resurgence and renaissance kind of twists for me because if you look at the games where they the galaxy have not performed well they're all against teams that are more than happy to cede possession and let you have most of the ball and i think that's why i'm always a little bit kind of at odds with vanny's idea that well the galaxy have to have possession it has to be our thing because i don't think it works and i think what we saw against austin excuse me and what we saw against uh lafc where they were more than happy to let it another expansive team have the ball and then just eat them alive in moments of transition. I think that's more a little bit of the stylistic style, stylistic style. Wow. Great. Good English Christian. Uh, I think that's kind of where they want to go in terms of how they want to play the game rather than necessarily be a possession-based team. Uh, I do have questions about Portland in general. I think Gio Sabarese is a dead man walking in terms of his job. Uh, but I, I, I look at that game as an opportunity. I also do think with the galaxy in this Portland game, Coming up, it it kind of is in the shadow of the U.S. Open Cup. Was a quarterfinal because you know the Galaxy have a very clear path to the Open Cup final, and I have a feeling that club resources are going to be dedicated towards that rather than necessarily you know a game against Portland where you could risk starters, they could get injured, then all of a sudden this this run that you're building derails. But I think if you look at what they did against Austin, it's really hard to bet against the Galaxy right now. I don't want to bet against the galaxy. <laughs> um, so, 
I, I'm not sure if Jamie's able to, to chime in yet because um, you know we're all working on technical difficulty city. Um, so, um, but Jamie's, no, I, I noticed okay. that you okay. I'm, you got it. You got in on the cable I waiting, early. I was waiting I for the trash truck to go by. It was very loud outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, one, yeah, but but yeah, you got into the cable box early. So, and then you got to take a picture with Yovelich. Tell us about it. Yeah, no. So like during the LA, LAFC game, um, the guys told me uh, Andrew wasn't going to be there and they wanted me to be in the box to, to, to lend a hand. And, you know, I'm always happy to be down there and, and uh, lose my voice for the galaxy. Um, it was great. It was so much fun. I mean, honestly, like I didn't see more than maybe five minutes of the game live. My back was to it the majority of the time, but just being able to be in the box, especially on Pride Night, that was such a freaking cool experience. Dressed like as a rainbow, and um, just getting to be there and and uh, celebrate with the boys down there was a lot of fun. And uh, late in the game, Ruben came over to me and he said, "Hey, you're doing man of the match today." And I honestly didn't know that they had stopped doing COVID protocols for it, so I just assumed that they had already had people who had been there and gotten tested early and blah blah blah. And, uh, yeah, that was like the coolest thing ever. Like I've never, I've never been able to experience that, get to go down on the pitch, um, you know, take pictures with Yovlich. He's such a cute, tiny little human. Like he's very small. And I know that we like know that a lot of soccer players are small, but you're used to seeing them out on the field next to each other. So it doesn't really like compute, but standing next to him, I was like, oh, my God, all I want to do is hug you. You're just the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, you should, you should definitely doesn't him. speak a lick of English. His translator was so, so uh, sweet, just translating for us, just trying to get a picture, have the scarf, whatever. But, but it was very cool. It was a very cool experience. Um, I'm thankful to Riot Squad for, for giving me that opportunity. And actually, another cool thing, the guy who went down with me, Ramsey's, um, he's been in the squad. He's an OG. He's been in it since, since day one and he's never done man of the match. And as soon as they found that out, they said, you're it, you're going, you're going down there tonight. We're, we're fixing this right now. So that was a really cool thing to experience with him as well. You should have handed uh, Yovel to you, uh, Rubik's cube based off some of the old videos that the galaxy have put out. Um, Bro, if I had one in my, my fanny pack, I would have the, the famous fanny pack. You know I love that fanny pack. It's ripping. We gotta find a way to oh, fix, we gotta it. fix that. I was um, gonna say, I know, yeah, I know people who's are ripping it. They're literally holding it together with staples. Um, no, I'm so glad that you shared that. And I, you know, the other thing that I love was that Jamie was like in the parking lot telling me, I'm gonna record like this no matter what. And I go, Yes, that is a proud uh badge to wear, <laughs> you know. It recovered, it's still a little raspy, but it recovered a lot quicker. Um, I really rested my voice and just hydrated 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 and uh, i think that helped a lot yeah, a, a double duty week uh, does does wonders to your voice clearly yeah <laughs> um i i think just to, to kind of put a, a quick button on this game and and um I'll, I'll briefly talk about my connection with the galaxy and, and pride and whatever have you um but but first i i do want to get into the tactics of it which is a very stereotypical christian conway thing to do i do think that so Vanny alluded to something I believe it was a couple of weeks ago where he said we're looking at defensive midfielder and I think that's a very interesting point here because as Michelle you said and, and Jamie you said earlier today in this podcast that you know oh we need an attacking midfielder and 
I think, and, and again, this is me, Einstein hypothesizing out. I think getting a defensive midfielder actually might be the fix here because I think it would allow them to go into the 4-4-2, form a double pivot that actually could work because Mark Delgado has to start in this midfield, right? Like, I mean, there's, we're all in agreement on that, right? Like, it, there's no, there's no world where Marky is. Exactly. And then Re- Revolution has to start in this midfield. I think we're all in agreement with, agreement with that too. Yes, we are. <laughs> I think if you can create a world where maybe you pull Mark out to the left and then put a traditional like Michael Bradley-esque, and I know everyone hates him, but when he was at the height of his power, he was the best defensive midfielder I've ever seen. Just a guy that's a destroyer kind of midfielder, then this makes a lot of sense in the sense that the attacking talent they have can just not worry about defending, that they know they'll have someone behind them that can, can I, I guess, do the proverbial mop up the mess kind of thing. I think this might actually make a lot of sense that they're, they're focusing on defensive midfielder rather than necessarily attacking midfielder because I think the Galaxy are on the seesaw, and, I, and I've thought this for a long time, and, and I think these last 180 minutes kind of fixes my theory of the fact that I've always felt, at least under Vanny, the Galaxy were good at one thing or the other thing. They were never good at both things in the sense of they were very good at defense or they were very good in the attacking third. They could never be the same at the exact same time. So the Galaxy would pitch a shutout, but it'd be like a 1-0 game because they just were too focused on being defensively solid or they would go all out and score three goals, but they lose, you know, three two or a four three or something like that because the shape broke itself in terms of getting that mission done. And I think they go defensive midfielder in, in, in these past 180 minutes, that seesaws equalized out a little bit. I think they're just a little bit more balanced than they've ever been. And I, and Vanny's alluded to this, uh, but I, I just think that that might be the best option for the galaxy in this window. I don't disagree but only if Vanny is willing to change up the formation. If he keeps the same formation, I don't think that a CDM is necessarily exactly what we need because he is insistent on playing that cam position. And we just, I I love Vasquez. I love Sasha, but they don't have the legs for it anymore, you know, and, and it's, there's still a lot of season left to play. So if, if he, is not going to change up the formation and play in something that allows uh, Marky Delgado to free up a little bit on the outside, then I think the cam is what we need. But if he's insisted on this CDM type of player, then maybe that is, maybe that is him alluding to the fact that he is willing to change things up and, and that would also get uh, Jovalich into the game. Yeah. And, and I think we've hit the halfway point of, the season. So I think kind of the million dollar question, if you will, for the second half of the season, for me at least, and I I know everyone's gonna have a different take on this is, you know, is Vanny willing to change? No, is Vanny willing to look at this talent pool and say, you know, as I alluded to earlier with the Ancelotti quote, you know, is he willing to look at this and say, Hey, you know, maybe I, I, I need to change. And, and that's difficult for managers to do. They're generally egotistical, uh, egotistical people. Um, And I mean, I think it would be, it's probably best for the galaxy, but it's, it's an interesting question that I think is going to unfold over the next couple of months. I hope it unfolds in a very positive direction because I would like us to see, I'd like to see us in the playoffs again, but I think that's kind of the big million dollar question as we go through the next half of the year is what is Vanny willing to do in order to ensure that he gets the most out of this talent pool. And 
again, you know, I think, you know, there's some players that for whatever reason, a manager just doesn't like them. But I think Jovalich in this month said to Vanny, hey, I need to be on the field as much as possible. And I think that's going to be a very interesting trend uh, going forward in terms of how the Galaxy conduct themselves. Um, and I guess I'll finally kind of add my piece to Sunday celebrations for Pride. Um, I've never really been shy about, you know, my orientation, uh, but it was so cool to, to see everything and to, to be around everyone and, and, and the, the celebration of it was so incredibly meaningful uh, to be on the, uh, the shirt or the poster or whatever it was. That was kind of cool. Um, I apparently have a very signature look, which is the bandana and the glasses and the snapback. But I mean, I guess I got to start switching up the fashion a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's this club was foundational in terms of, uh, you know, kind of guaranteeing that I had a place where I could be myself from when I was 16 onward. And uh, it, 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 the club means a lot to me in that sense. Uh, the, the club inextricably is tied to me in terms of my journey is coming out and realizing that I'm queer. And so like, that's so important to me. And so to see pride every time and then to be included in a lot of it and to be around everyone celebrating and to see like, for example, the streamer toss and ACB, which we of course did late uh, because the ACB time is a real thing. Uh, <laughs> was was so uh meaningful and, and and amazing and 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 shout out to janelle and Alyssa and everyone at acb for you know making it happen at the tailgate and you know again it was not an easy day on our end of the stadium it was hot um and it, we we got it done it was it was loud as heck and um yeah think yeah if you if you're listening to this and you you know, celebrated pride in any way. Thank you. Because it means a lot for me and it means a lot to a lot of people that are tied to this podcast. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's all, it, it's an emotional day. And I, uh, I was, I was so grateful to, uh, have celebrated it with you all. And, um, yeah, I'm really grateful. We got three points. It was, it was really cool. Chris. this was our, our second year of no third year of games, I think celebrating pride together um i believe so yeah yeah three three years we've been able to celebrate pride together and so that was just really cool like when i got i was a little late to the tailgate but when i got there obviously like you were my first stop and then what did i what did i say right after i can't say hi to anyone until we go say hi to the lesbians (laughs) a little late geez (laughs) well hey man i was working okay i got off work at like 12 12 30 and got ready as fast as I could and drove that hour up. The I'm just, I'm, you said you still had meat juice on your pants, right? Like, oh, I sure I, did. I, yeah, I, Jamie works at a deli guys. I definitely, uh, even though I showered, I put on the same dirty pants, definitely smelled like fried chicken and had like meat juices on them from slicing. And it was great. All I'm, all I'm saying is since you work in a deli, uh, whenever we, uh, play LAFC, you're ready to slice up some goat, I guess. So, <laughs> Hey, if we had goat, I would, um, yeah, no, it, it was it was a fantastic day, and, and it's so cool. I think pride to to be able to to under like to to know that the club supports you in such a way, and it, it is it is really fascinating. I, I got to meet with uh, one of the artists of the uh, poster and the um, the shirt, uh, and and got to talk to him, and 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 it, and they were just so incredibly uh, grateful to 
I, I think they didn't expect, you know, the outpouring of support and love that, that the galaxy can, the galaxy family can show. And I think that was, that was really, that was really shown on pride. And I, I think that was, it's, it's interesting. And, and I, I quickly to, cause I know we want to touch briefly on the U S men's national team um, to quickly kind of put a point to it this season in the stands and in the support and in the, uh, the way that the galaxy are carrying themselves. I've never seen the, like it's been years since I've seen the fan base this engaged, if that makes sense. Like every game, it just feels like everyone's in. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I really hope this team can pull off some magic because if they could do that, then I mean, this fan base is so hungry for it. It it does feel like, you know, for the example, the open cup or something like that, it just feels like the galaxy really could create something special this year. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And Christian, I just want you to know that um, for the entire month, all the games that we have left, I will still be wearing rainbows. Heck yeah, I will be too. I was going to say all of June. Yeah. Um, And also where were the rainbow nets? Anybody know? Uh, I think they, they might've done special nets for the parlay kits as well. It was kind of a weird timing thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, sick, I, by the way, I'm those so I really good. Think. I'm getting one this year. <laughs> There's a lot to. of good merch. Uh, the pride stuff came out really nice too. I um, spent a lot of money in the store. On oh, pride you did? Stuff. <laughs> uh, I was going to say there's still fan appreciation night. You guys. Yeah. Mario, Mario, shout out Mario, uh, bought me a pride shirt. Um, I didn't get the training top yet, but I will eventually. I it's just, a good training top too. It's really good. I just needed to be a little smart with my money that night. <laughs> okay, we got to we got we at least got to touch on the U.S. men's national team. I, I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, was there any doubt that the U.S. men were gonna take that away? I mean, you know, this is really in preparation of the World Cup, and what better than a three-zero win? Yeah, I mean, this was an interesting game because if you look at these next two friendlies or the the next friendly, because they play Uruguay, I mean, these are two World Cup opponents. Like, I mean, Morocco is qualified. Uruguay will be there. Like, these are not easy games for the United States. And I and I commend Bear Halter because he he he's not shied away from putting the United States in positions of uncomfortability where like they play teams that are good and. You know, Morocco obviously is a is a bit of a, a kind of a weird pick in the sense that I don't think a lot of the U.S. soccer fandom understood what they were getting. But I I got oddly into African soccer over the pandemic, and Morocco is good. Like I mean, Morocco is very very good. And you know, Hakimi Ziyech, uh, El Nesri, the names kind of pop off the tongue. They played the highest level. They didn't look uncomfortable. They just absolutely dominated that game, and. That's a big deal. And I think that is a very good sign moving forward for this U.S. men's national team. I mean, there were there were moments where, uh, you know, when they lost possession and it looked a little a little worrisome. But I noticed just in that first eight minutes, the passing, the passing was so crisp and they were just controlling the ball and looked like a team that plays together every week, not a bunch of guys that are scattered around the world and come together every few months. Like they just looked in sync, very like, like they know each other, like the back of their hands. I mean, it was, it was really fun to watch. 
and just watching the creativity on those goals. And can we talk about that second goal? How does somebody put that much power on it? He bent the keeper's hands backwards. Yeah, I was I was a little bit worried about a broken wrist there for the keeper. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think just the movement, as you said, Jamie, and and and, and you're completely correct in that in that assessment that you know if they if they can play like this, any team in the world is going to have trouble dealing with them. But again, it's a question of and I, I think I think you know as as we kind of wind down here because we're running out of time, you know. What I think is really fascinating is, you know, in, 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 to, to what you alluded to, Jamie, they don't play with fear. They're not scared of anyone. And I think that's a huge deal. And this is a very young group. And I think, you know, with a group like this, it could have gone the other way where they could have been, you know, scared of the occasion. This is a group that has not been around the World Cup before. You know, there could be a lot here. And these are some very critical games as we lead in. I think there's only six games left, or now five before the World Cup. They could have come out there kind of scared a little bit like, Okay, the mission's done, but like we don't know what to expect. And they just don't look overmatched at all. Like it looks like bring us, you know, England, bring us Spain, bring us Argentina. We don't care. We're going to, you know, do our thing. I think that's a huge thing for this US men's national team. And I'm excited for the game against Uruguay. I think it's going to be fascinating. I also have a very deep soft spot for Uruguay as a national team. But yeah, I think if they can play like that in every game in the World Cup, they're definitely getting out of the group. And they could maybe do a little bit of damage in the knockout round. I'm not putting them into the semifinal yet, but round of 16, that's a winnable game if they play like that against whoever they play. Well, I think that's the beauty of the youth is that they haven't been around long enough to go into matches with preconceived notions of, oh God, not this squad again. Oh, remember the last time we played them and what they did to us? You know, so I think, I think, they're too young. I want to call them young and dumb, but 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 they're not dumb. You know, it's just they're just experience. Like they're they too still? young. They're too young to have that history of like going into games thinking negatively. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. They still got the the stars in their eyes, and you know they're not tainted yet. So yeah, let's keep it that way. Uh, thank you so much again, everybody, for listening, and stay tuned. We will talk to you soon.